Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome to The Daily Break. I'm Andrew Tallman. Here's what's happening today at Newsweek. When you think about the challenges that are posed by trying to have humans spend a lot of time in space, like at the International Space Station, what sorts of things come to mind? Obviously, oxygen is a pretty important one. Probably next would be water, food, clothing, avoiding boredom, making sure you're not claustrophobic when you send people up there. What about trash disposal? Might not seem like that important of a consideration, but with four adults producing about two and a half tons, 5,000 pounds of trash a year, they have to think about this. So how do you get rid of the papers you've used or the human waste that you've created or whatever it is that needs to not be on the space station anymore? How do you send that out? Well, the old method was a thing called the Cygnus cargo ship. The Cygnus was designed to go up to the space station delivering supplies, and then they would pack it full of trash and they'd basically send it back home to burn up re-entering the atmosphere and basically be a giant burn pile in the sky. Once the atmosphere got done with it, none of the trash made it down to the Earth, so this is a pretty simple system. But you still had to use a ship to do it. Well, now NanoRacks, a Houston-based private company, has developed a different method for getting trash from the ISS safely into the re-entry of the Earth's atmosphere where it can burn up. Their solution? Giant white garbage bags. Now, it's a little more complicated than that, but basically they've created a white, large garbage bag that stores in the relatively new airlock it'll contain about 172 pounds of garbage and they just completed their first test of the airlock trash bag ejection system on board the iss and in a video nasa posted you can see the trash cube if you will because that's kind of what it looks like going out the airlock and disappearing gently towards the billowy white clouds of the earth so as we told you last week it is raining anchovies in san francisco due to an extraordinary boom in the population of the anchovies And this week I bring you, don't worry about it too much, but the possibility of space trash from the ISS hitting you in the head. It won't, but still it's fun to think about, right? And now from the invasive species and what to do about them file. You know, the concept of an invasive species is it's something that was kind of in check and in balance in its native environment, but then it gets taken to a different place, sometimes by tourists, sometimes by just shipping inadvertently, sometimes by animal lovers or collectors. There's all kinds of ways it happens. But the short version is that when they're in the new environment, the predators are not geared to them. There might be diseases that they carry. There's all kinds of problems and they might overcompete for local scarce resources. This is what's going on right now in the UK with the red squirrel because of the gray squirrel. The red squirrel is the native, the gray squirrel is the invader from the United States. Brought from North America in the late 19th century, the Victorian era, by wealthy individuals, well, guess what? They have been spreading prolifically. In fact, they were banned for importation in 1937. That ban's still in force today, but it's too late. 
The gray squirrels compete better for resources and for space. They're bigger. They're a threat to the red squirrels, and they even carry a disease that doesn't appear to affect grays but can be lethal to the reds. So how do you solve this problem? Well, one answer is you could just kill the squirrels, but people don't like the idea of killing squirrels very much, so that's kind of a dispreferred solution, if you will. Of course, the next best option is if you're not going to kill off the invaders, then what do you do? Well, you get them to stop reproducing. So how exactly do you get gray squirrels, and by the way, not red squirrels, to stop reproducing? Well, the approach being taken by the British is no, not to put televisions in their bedrooms at night. They're giving them contraceptives. That's right, a specially designed vaccine that temporarily restricts the production of sex hormones in squirrels has been developed by researchers, which they are then going to add to hazelnut paste and then let the squirrels consume the hazelnut paste, which will then carry the drug, which will make them infertile. But the big challenge is how do you get the gray squirrels to eat the contraceptive hazelnut paste and not the red squirrels? Because, you know, it's tasty to squirrels. Well, the current best effort is that they're making it a weight-sensitive door that opens into the canister that contains the paste. So you have to be big enough in order to trigger it. Grays are bigger, reds are smaller. And in trials, this has succeeded about 70% of the time. Now, even that 30% is a concern since you have 140,000 red squirrels left compared to 2.5 million grays. So they're continuing to look for slightly more effective ways of discerning between the two kinds of squirrels. But in theory, if you could put these kinds of feeder tubes in places where you're highly populated with gray squirrels, that might open up a little bit of space environmentally for the reds to repopulate those areas. And finally, Newsweek is doing kind of a new thing, which is, you know how you see all of those pet pictures all over the internet? I mean, in all kinds of places, and they're all so adorable, right? We've decided to feature one every single week, so we're basically picking the best, most adorable pet picture of the week and then sharing it with you. And of course, backstory is essential here. This week's finalist included a pug with a fighting attitude to a mobility loss, a cat who silently judges his owners from afar in one hilarious image, and an adorable spaniel falling asleep in the bath after a long walk. But this week's top dog is service dog Inspector King Ralph. Yes, that's his name. He's a three-year-old owned by a disabled war veteran named Joe Burnsweig of Hollywood, Florida, and they are just inseparable. The pup has been working on him with PTSD, and he also has an RSD nerve condition on his right side. He tells Newsweek that his last service canine had to be put to sleep, he got Ralph at three months old from Pottstown, Pennsylvania, traveled to meet with him with the help of United States War Dogs Association, USWDA. They were established about 22 years ago by five dog handlers who served in Vietnam, and the charity helps transport veteran war dogs back to the U.S. after service, finding homes for the retired canines, and then training service dogs for veterans who have disabling medical conditions. And according to the VA, there are about 19 million veterans, approximately one in three of which have some type of substantial post-combat mental health challenge, about 20% suffering from PTSD. On the other side, there are about 500,000 service dogs currently on duty in the U.S., but only about 20% of them are specifically trained to help owners with PTSD. So to put all that math in perspective, you've got somewhere on the order of 4 million vets with PTSD and somewhere on the order of 100,000 trained service dogs to handle that condition. But we're working on it. PTSD-trained service dogs can do things like put their body weight on a veteran to promote a sense of calm during panic attacks. They can wake the veteran who's having upsetting dreams or night terrors. Or they can even retrieve medicine or remind a veteran to take medication. As for Inspector King Ralph, he helps Burnswag be safe, brings him the remote control, a bottle of water, a toy he goes with him when he's shopping, and he just keeps him calm and happy. I suppose in the end we can probably file this one in the Pets Are Awesome file, which is a pretty big file. 
That's it for the Daily Break. Be sure to head over to Newsweek.com for these stories and more, including our growing podcast lineup. And consider subscribing to our digital and print editions of Newsweek and this podcast. If you haven't already, hit the five-star review before you go. I appreciate it. I'm Andrew Tallman. Thanks for listening to The Daily Break, brought to you by Newsweek. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.